Hey, Marcus, do you like movies? Yes, I do. Well, hey, Abba, do you like movies? I believe I do. Oh, well, belief is half of it, right? So this is Zebras in America Cinema Podcast, and we have a great guest today. We are very lucky to have Abba Makama, director of this year's and last year's Lost Okoroshi, an excellent movie which we've talked about before, and we have the the beautiful privilege of being able to talk to Abba today. How are you, Abba? I'm very fine, thank you. I'm honored to be here. And where where We're where to have you? Yeah, where where are you recording from today? I'm recording from Lagos, Nigeria. Wow, and that's pretty that's pretty fantastic because your film uh, takes place in Lagos. And I think of it as like a a modern folk tale superhero comedy. And uh, what what how do you feel about the movie? How did how did you decide to to make this it's, fantastic it's, film? It's absolutely all those things. Um, when when I started making when I started writing the Okuroshi, um, so originally it. The idea was conceived from a photo shoot um, where I had my friend wear just the mask and we took photos of him across the city of Lagos. And um, I just liked the idea of having this mask character against the backdrop of Lagos. And I was also, I've always been obsessed with masquerades. I've said this a gazillion times. Um, when I was a kid, we would go um, leave the, I grew up in the middle, in the middle um, region of Nigeria, Plateau State. And um, my mom's tribe is called Tarok. And we would go um, for Christmas, we would leave the city and go for Christmas in the village. And during Christmas, I think, um, it was also around that time there was a masquerade festival. Now, if you were a child um, or a woman, um, you wouldn't be allowed to lo- see the masquerade because they would roam at night and um, playing, um, beating drums and dancing. And they would walk around with canes, you know, and just fucking around. And sorry, can I curse? Yeah, of course. Say whatever you want. Yeah, I mean, these guys were just roaming the streets of night, just doing all kinds of shit, you know, just having fun, you know. Um, but they were performing this ritual, you know, um, which is they were conduits for the ancestors and they would go outside and um, we as children weren't allowed to see them. So I would just be obsessed at night. I would be wondering what was going on, like... I, and they would tell me, oh, these are masquerades. They're not human beings. They're spirits. So that just kind of really messed with my head. And I was always obsessed with the idea of masquerades. And they would be. Di- I, I realized that it was, um, it was in every... As I got older, I found that it was in every culture. And as I got older, I realized that, yo, it's just a dude in a costume. It wasn't really... Well, yeah, that's also debatable because... People say the moment you wear that mask, you're, you're supposed to be in character or you're supposed to almost be hypnotized by this mask, you know, so you are that spirit. So, and even when we are doing the film, 
I did a mixture of I made some hybrid masquerades, but then I there were some original um mask figures who who came from different masquerade societies who played extras or played um spirits in the spirit world and they came and they did all these rituals so they were really in character while we were filming so um all these little things um brought about my journey to make the lost okoroshi and back to your question um I think your question was, um, do I see it as an adventure, um, superhero type film? Yes, I, I do. But So when, we, when I was doing, when, when I was putting it together, I think it was also the time the trailer for Black Panther dropped. And I was like, oh, snap. This like is dealing with a lot of stuff I'm doing right now. So I just felt like, the timing also was perfect so i just knew i was also on to something you know and but i've also just been deep into um um african spirituality and um and also just going to school so i i i went to school in nigeria all my life started i started uni university here and i transferred then i went to upstate new york and I grew up so much. I was so westernized, you know. Where in upstate New York? I went to upstate. I went to Fredonia. That's south of Buffalo. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Also, one of my favorite music producers, uh, David Friedman, used to teach at Fredonia. And I thought I almost went there. Oh, yeah. They, they have a solid music department. My... My roommate, Philippe Bonse, he was Haitian. He, he studied music appreciation, I think. And, but I remember they had a, a very good music department. They do. And so what, what I find very interesting about your film, and, uh, and you brought up Black Panther as well, because I wouldn't compare the two movies except for the fact that they are both films that use the concept of masks and celebration yeah. and ritual and Absolutely. veneration and veneration of ancestors yeah. you know um there's in a, in there's a lot of ancestor veneration in in those movies and that's something that we don't always deal with in western stories but the thing is masks and heroes and that sort of mythology obviously has existed for thousands and thousands of years time before time so absolutely the, yeah, yeah so um back to what i was saying i was in the west and i discovered them when i was in college i knew so much about western um history pop culture and um no one knew anything about where i was from you know and it was very embarrassing. It was like a culture shock, you know, because I was just de defined by what people saw um, in the news. And um, back to um, spirituality, the mask and whatnot, what I also discovered was I, I, I found the work of this French photographer called Jean-Claude Moschetti, who who travels um, through 
Africa taking um, these striking images of masquerades and they just came to life. So that was also an inspiration. But there was another French photographer called Charles Frieger who did a book called The Wilder Man. Now, The Wilder Man takes images of ancient European mask costumes that are worn for pagan ceremonies um, across Europe. And he took, took images from Germany, from Czechoslovakia, from Macedonia, from Italy. And I'm seeing these images and I'm like, these things look like fucking African masquerades, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but um, you wouldn't, if, if I told you they were from Burkina Faso or from Benin Republic or anywhere in West Africa, you would believe me, you know? But there was just a white dude inside, you know? And being also someone who is a deep um, kind of disciple of Carl Gustav Jung and um, his theory of the collective unconscious and how... You are, you are talking my language right now. <laughs> fantastic. And how all these things, you know, um, religion, tradition, myth, it all calls from one source, you know. It just gave me validation that, you know, um, this is a story um, that needs to be told. And also because a lot of our stuff, um, our, a lot of our own culture has been vilified um, due to colonialism. Like, people are bad scared of masquerades. But not even, I mean, I, a masquerade is something that is supposed to be revered because of its spirituality. But people look at it the other way. People are, are scared of it because it's, it's, um, they see it as a symbol of uh, anti-Christ, you know, or a symbol of the devil, so to speak. Oh, it's awesome, man. I, you know, as you're talking, like, I appreciate when filmmakers talk about their influences because not all the time, but oftentimes they still end up making a movie that's, like, very much their own. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you, you just named, like, photographers and and specific photos and like all your and all, and all your influence but as far as in recent years go i can't think of really any movie like lost okoroshi you know i remember you know as someone who i've seen it in an audience and i have that perspective of like right out of the gate like it was a I, I so for those listening, you know, we spoke about this before, but if you're new to the podcast, uh, I, I watched this movie at the Toronto Film Festival last year, and I was immediately, I mean, I loved the movie right away, but it was a great movie-going experience, because, like, it's just the whole idea of when you feed off of other people, so, like, right. the, la like the laughter, or the gasps, or the, just all the reactions just kind of fed into the movie more. I just remember, like, I felt, like, caffeinated. Almost, you know, like like I was drinking coffee, like as as I was watching watching the movie. I um, I also love that you brought up Black Panther because this movie. I, I mean, Black Panther is a movie that I like. It's very fun. Also, rest in peace, Ch Chadwick Boseman again. Yeah, but um, I, I also feel like a lot of what happened, specifically just in America, what happened was kind of a um weird romanticization of just Africa as, as a whole when Black Panther right. came out. And, and I think America, more than any other place, always makes that mistake. Just how someone will look at, like, 
this is France, this is Germany, this is America, they say this is Africa. And it's right. like so often you have to be like, no, it's a goddamn continent. And it's like Egypt is very different from Botswana. Botswana is very difficult, you know, is different from here. And like knowing, knowing what I know about that, like I love the fact that this, at least what I know about cinema, at least this is very much a Nigerian film. Um, so like I appreciate, I yeah. remember, you know, I, I remember right away, I don't think I told you this, Abba, after I saw the movie, I immediately tweeted, he, he didn't get back to me, but I tweeted at Robert Townsend because I was like, yo, uh, this movie Lost Okoroshi is very much in the vein like of Meteor Man. It is. Yeah. It's like it, it's it's it, it kind of follows down the same path. I wish he got back to me. I I hope one day he'll he'll watch it. I I think he'll appreciate it. Very, very yeah. Much. Yeah, thanks man. Um of what was I going to say? I mean, here's the kicker. Um I mean, I might have been inspired by all these European influences and whatnot, but here's even the kicker. Sure. I sure. discovered that my grandfather is an initiate of the Orim Secret Society of Masquerades from the Tarok tribe, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. wow. Yes. So, and he didn't even, like, my, my mom didn't even know until he passed, you know? And he finally kind of um, told them who he was because he was sworn to secrecy. So, it was, and I didn't know this until, I didn't, um... I, I completely forgot about that because my mom had told me that like several years ago after he passed, but she said it in passing. And I just remembered, I was like, oh my God, I just told um, this story is, I told story about my ancestry. You know, I just yeah. sublimated and used uh, an Igbo masquerade, you know, um, as opposed to my, my, my mom's tribe's masquerade. So if anything, it's a very... Um, it's very gonzo, you know, like... Um, oh, absolutely. Right. It's right. so personal, you know, it's personal. And, yeah, so I just... I don't know if you can see, Abba, because, can like, these are just some books that I grabbed from my bookshelf that I was looking at earlier. Oh, dude, I, the red book, that's the centerpiece in my dining on my, sorry, in my, my coffee table, the red book. I have a copy of the red book. I have man and his symbols. I have dreams. And I have, um, what else? Which one's that one? Um, it's This is just the basic writings. And um, I was also, because, because of the connection to Nigerian culture, I was uh, reading uh, this book as well. Oh, Babalao. Oh, fantastic. Babalao. Santeria, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Santeria is, you know, a syncretic yeah. belief system, that, but it's, it comes from, you know, uh, well, I, I don't, I'm not trying to explain. No, of course, yeah. I'm not Yoruba either, but I, I have a general idea, you know, of the Orisha, the Yoruba pantheon gods, you know. Right, just because, because you know, whether you know, uh, your belief system or not, like, uh, Orisha worship is popular, is very prominent in Nigeria. And uh, probably uh, influences the work and the masks and the the movement. So I was just reading about um, Cuban, Cuban um, Ifa, which comes, comes from 
Nigerian um, yep. Yoruba yep. beliefs, but was because of colonialism. Yeah, was, they had to hide it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. The resiliency of people and spirits and yep. and yep. our ancestors is just truly beautiful and powerful. Yeah, it's because you're dealing with energy, man. How the fuck can you yeah. kill kill energy? You can't. You know, you can't destroy it. Um no. Interestingly, so Netflix um, is having like a, they're setting up shop here, you know, in, in, in Africa and also Nigeria. Like they, they recently launched Netflix Niger, Niger being Nigeria. Niger is like short for Nigeria. And I, I don't know if they've gone through this, but um, apparently they want the first Netflix original out of Nigeria to be about Orisha. The, it's going to be kind of like a superhero about different gods, you know, the, the pantheon of Yoruba gods. I don't know if they're still going on, but that was the rumor. Oh, and I just want to say a couple things for the listener. The Lost Okoroshi is on Netflix now, which right. is uh, yeah, super awesome. Yeah. So you can watch it on Netflix, and um, that's just it's because it was it was harder to see before that, and now you can watch it. And yeah, yeah. I, I kind of felt bad because you know, literally, it might might be to this day because we're in the throes of the 2020 Toronto International Film Festival. Yeah. So literally right. a year ago, after I saw it, I was tweeting about it, and tweeting about it, and then it was just like, oh. Who knows? This will probably come out next year. So I don't, you know, I want to get people interested, but they won't be able to yeah. see it right away. But then I, you know, then I finally put up my review on Pinland Empire in January, and then yeah. I'm getting more, you know. So it's so yeah, it's, it's nice to finally see it come on, come out on 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 Netflix. Again, it's, thank it's, you so much for the support. I was also feeling somewhat somehow. I was like, yo, you guys are really. Um, pushing this film, you know, I, I'm seeing the, the impact, so many retweets and whatnot, and the anticipation. And we were supposed to do a couple more festivals, but then COVID happened. And also regarding distribution, we were talking, we've been speaking to Netflix about getting this film on the platform since, um, since while we were at TIFF, you know, and, um, you know, distribution sometimes takes it, it takes time. So I'm really glad right now. And I also want to let everybody know that it's on Netflix worldwide, but it might not be on certain regions right now. Um, I think they're different. Each region has um, a specific date. There's like a calendar. So I know U.S. and Africa was September f um, 4th. And some other regions like the UK and whatnot, I eventually the, the bottom line is eventually it will come to everyone. So um, I'm 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 really happy. Thank you and um, I'm, well, you know. Oh, and also one thing, if you want to listen to our initial uh, talk about the movie, we talked about it on episode 112. Okay, and and for listeners. Who, who may not be familiar, Arisha are, are part of the Yoruba religion pantheon and yes. their spirits. And I mean, and the the belief system is celebrated throughout the world, but yeah. it comes from, comes from Nigeria. Yeah. So if we say Arisha and we talk about, you know, Arisha, that's what we're talking about. And yeah. 
that could be a whole nother episode and I'm not I'm not equipped to you, you know what I recently just learned? Um, I read this article about the one of the Orisha gods called um, Eshu, which is Eshu is known as the trickster. The trickster yeah, the god. trickster, the spirit of the crossroads. Yes, exactly. Um, and which that god is also um, synonymous in other cultures as well. But in, 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 in Nigeria now, when you say Eshu, Eshu means the devil. I've, I've read that, yes. Yes, and it was a mistranslation by um, the, I think, I can't remember what the col- uh, when the colonials came and they were translating the Bible. There was no word in Yoruba for, for devil. So they were like, ah, this guy, <laughs> this guy looks like the fucking devil. So they made Eshu the devil, you know. Right, um, and, then, and also I believe Eshu's colors are red and black and people yes. think of Yep, as, yep. As the devil is red and black, but also the devil, the devil's a misunderstood fella. But of course. The, That's the, a whole nother conversation. Other, right? <laughs> and the, the demonizing of, of black cultures and, and African cultures is not uncommon in the colonial tradition. So to turn someone's important um, spirit yeah. as the devil seems like a, like a, a sort of power. Yes. To to take away someone because, you know, people, you know, these traditions are much older than than a lot of Western spiritual. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that was just a little side note. And because so like. We like to with our show, we like to give people some entertainment, some some education some stuff, but uh, Marcus was about to say something before I chimed in. Oh, ah, well, earlier on, I, it, it's, I don't know, it's kind of, it's, it's a little a- awkward now, but I was going to say that, like, you're, 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 even though this is a very lost Okoroshi-centric topic, yeah. it's like, you know, you're also a TIFF alum, like, I saw Green White Green at TIFF uh, yeah. four year, years ago. And yeah. I, I want you know, before I forget, I, you know, I wanted to add, like, where can that be seen right now? Because I was like, like, before I was looking around and it's like, um, I can't find anywhere to stream it. I've only seen it once. Like, I saw it at the festival and that was it. Oh, and yeah. I knew that the the, link, that, uh, uh, the Lincoln Center in New York City was pushing it hard uh, back in the day. Well, where, where can people see that and stream that? Green, white, green currently right now, um, as far as... US, I don't think it's available because it was on Netflix for two years and our licensing agreement. I didn't know that. that. Yeah, yeah. Our licensing agreement expired earlier this year. So um, I'm definitely trying to get it. Maybe I might put it back on Amazon Prime. Mm. Or sorry, not put it back. I might put it on Amazon Prime. But currently, right now, it's just. um, It's gone underground, you know. I kind of want it to be missed a little bit, you know. (laughs) I see. Well, that makes me feel kind of special, the fact that I got to see it. It's like, um, yeah, now, and it's funny because the older I get, you know, I, movies I like, I want to watch less. Yeah. Um, just to kind of have that thing. But, but Green, White, Green is something that I, I absolutely do want to see. And for those listening, you know, I guess, you know, depending on what part of the world, it's difficult to see. But it definitely, it's almost within the same world as Lost yeah. Roshi, Not as spiritual, but it's like if... Without knowing yeah. Abba, without knowing his work, if you saw both movies, you'd say, oh, this is by the same person. Well, I mean, yeah. outside of the fact that he uses some of the same actors, but um, 
still it's it's very much like you know so it, which kind of brings me to like what like what kind of relationship do you have with your actors you know like off screen and recording cuz like you kind of have there's a little bit of a troupe you know it's a common thing yeah. directors use some of the same people in a lot of their movies yeah. what's like so the lead actor in Lost Okoroshi all he's also in Green Right Green like what's your relationship with with those with those folks? Yeah. Um, see, is there like a scene and another filmmakers that you all come, that they're in and that, that you all kind of work together? How, how does that? Yeah. So, um, well, the lead actor in Lost Okoroshi isn't in Green White Green, but uh, a handful of actors in Lost Okoroshi are in Green White Green, and Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I've always liked um, directors who kind of had an ensemble cast and carried that that trope or that troupe you know to other films you know like when you see bill murray in a wes anderson film or um or even um, de niro in a scorsese film but i also fell in love with um Federico's fellini's relationship with um marcello um mastroianni yeah mastroianni yeah also the use of his wife and just also with his DOP and I think the best filmmakers kind of create a community, you know, they, they, it becomes a family and that's just so much fun, you know? Um, so it doesn't seem like you guys are working, you know? I remember the first shot we did. Um, and so like my, my DP for green, white, green was, um, which I, I, I really don't like the cinematography in that film um, because I, well, it was my first feature length film. I didn't have any money and I kind of worked with someone who we worked on a reality TV show together and he'd never shot film. And I was like, just um, straight up gorilla, fuck it, just shoot it whatever way. I, I, I just said, just make it look filmic or whatever. And, um, I mean, he did a decent job, but also the colorist, all the people who worked with on that film were not, hadn't done cinema before. So this second time around, I decided to use my friend, Mike Goken, who is, um, a member of my collective, Surreal 16. If everyone, anyone doesn't know Surreal, I belong to a collective called Surreal 16, myself, CJ Obasi, um, CJ Obasi is in, um, pre-production to do mommy water right now which he's shooting that in black and white it's gonna be fucking sick and then mike goken um who did um the man who cuts tattoos that deals with scarification both of our films screened at bfi um last year so he mike is such he's a geek he's a cinema like he's my favorite nigerian filmmaker you know and um what was his name again so for, for 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 the listeners and for us members of surreal 16 are cj obasi that's c dot j dot obasi o b a s i obasi and then there's mike goken which is his nickname but his full name is mike omonua and um mike omonua um was my dp for lost okuroshi because i i just i love i just love the way he frames his pictures um his work is very static he's kind of like a transcendentalist you know um well, that's funny that's funny that you say that because 
I find I find the cinematography and the feeling and the movement of Lost Okoroshi to be very transcendental and very very surreal and very and very dreamlike and the the color palette is just very pleasing and yeah you just want to be in it and yeah yeah i i so because we didn't have that much money i was like let's be very very intentional with all those elements you know with with our choice of location um let's frame in four by three and we also wanted to pay homage to like nigerian nollywood films that were made in the 90s which dealt with spirituality and a lot of them were shot on vhs so it had that four by three aspect ratio and um so yeah it was very intentional but back to working i wanted to work with my friends and i kind of carried along all the people who are used in green white green that i just had an organic relationship. So, for instance, when we were filming the first market scene where Okuroshi goes to the market and he starts dancing. Now, all these scenes you see in the market are not staged. Those aren't extras. I always just told, I told Mike, yo, um, the moment people see a masquerade, they're just going to gather around naturally. And he was like, yeah, uh, even even the scene where he runs into the football field and everyone takes off, uh, well, the soccer field, and everyone takes off, all natural. I told Mike, just watch, just set up the camera. People are going to take off. I know how people react to, to masquerades. So when we were filming the first market scene and the masquerade starts dancing and people just start gathering around, it was so magical. And when we got the shot, I was like, let's leave. And halfway to the car, Mike tells me, yo, I forgot to hit record. No. (laughs) Yes. No, no. Actually, he hit record, but the the, the card wasn't in the camera. Oh, God. So we just immediately... All of us just ran back without, within the drop of a hat, we immediately just automatically turned back to go get the shot. You know, but I think if we didn't have that camaraderie and that understanding, there would have been arguments, there would have been fights, you know. But at that moment, we just knew we just had to go back and do it, you know. And, And we got the shot again. It's what you see in the film, um, which isn't, it's great, but it isn't half as great as the novelty of these people seeing a masquerade come for the first time, you know, and dance in front of them. Yeah. Right. But radical, radical acceptance in art is like, you know, whether you like something or not, it's happening. So it's really beautiful to hear the story where you were able to pivot and create something and even though the wonder was lost you still perseverance and resiliency is very important in art so that was a really awesome story marcus you're saying something no i was gonna say there's like a rawness to that to that and other scenes as well but that scene specifically i mean what i remember vividly from that scene you're talking about abba one of the women throwing money she kind of 
she looks she kind of looks at the camera but not exactly like you 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 can tell she's just having a good time and it's not rehearsed and you can you can like she she kind of carries the energy of absolutely yes it's yeah yeah so what we did was we had a stash of cash and we would tell anyone you want to dance with the masquerade and we'll just give you cash and she she was a trader she was selling corn or something you know and she just got up and she was like give me money and just went into the shot you know so all those people none of them were um actors you know we all met them that day and they all participated any interaction you see with the masquerade publicly with um, groups of people that was not staged at all yeah. and I, I, got I just realized i just realized that we we never said what the movie's about no, oh you, you, you kind of did you kind of did scott but we, oh yeah you say, pretty, it you say it again like what would you say if you what what would you say is the log line description of this movie oh man i suck at log lines because i the thing is you write a log line and then when you submit to a festival they have their suggestion because they have a way they want to present the film so it now goes through different evolutions of log lines so tiff will mm. have its log line then bfi will probably pick that up and tweak it to their own and so it's just it's about a man a security guard who uh, a working class security guard at a corporation who is disillusioned um from modern day society and kind of wanna um he wants to disconnect and live a more agrarian lifestyle live off the land and he's being um haunted by these spirits um that chase him at night specifically a purple spirit called the okuroshi and um one day he stops running from the spirit and eventually gets embraced and then he wakes up completely transmorphed into the spirit and starts a spiritual journey in um modern day lagos so that's um um a long log line but yeah no, that's a great no, line. It's perfect. It's perfect. And I don't, I don't know if you listened to the episode that we did about your your movie, but some things that we connected to that we really liked was, um, are do you are you familiar with with the artist Ramel Z? Ramel Z? No, I don't. I I don't think so. Well, so, oh shit, Scott! I was gonna earlier when we both talked at the same time. I was actually gonna bring up Wild Style, so this is actually perfect. Uh, oh, that's why we yeah. do podcast together. So go, great, go ahead. Yeah, so Ramel Z, who passed away in 2010, was he started as a graffiti artist, but he was also a rapper, a gothic futurist, a painter. A oh yo, I know Ramel Z. Yeah, man, I I do. Yes, yes, I do. I, he made these far out okay. painting sculptures. Yeah, I do. I I do. Yeah, my my homeboy yeah. and he. Yeah, my homeboy Neo Koboyejo, in, who lives in New York, kind of told me like, "Yo, um, mm. people speak about Basquiat and whatnot, and people from the eighties, but yo, I should check out this guy, you know." And I, I kind of um, yeah, I I yeah. I I I, I, I look checked out his work. It's very it's it's far out, like super psychedelic, um, and it's very. funny because that's kind of the space I'm in right now with my own art, you know, like because I paint as well, you know, and I just did my oh. 
fifth solo and I'm making all these um, sculptures and whatnot. But yeah, I, I'm familiar. Yeah, I do. Yeah, and what's funny about, so he did a song with Basquiat, a, a, rap, a rap song. Basquiat was just in the room, but go I, I know, but, well, I was going to say that, like, because um, he, uh, people, what I was going to say is that people give Basquiat more credit for the song than, than he actually should have. But, you know, they did a song called Beat Bop, which is one of the great rare rap songs with K-Rob and Basquiat did the artwork and he got more credit than he really was due. And Ramelzi also did, he, he made these gigantic uh, suits that, that also reminded me of um, sound suits by that Nick Cave. The, Nick the, Cave, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Not the singer. The yeah, the I know Nick Cave. Yeah, I was a yeah. little. I I also I researched Nick Cave when I was um, um, doing the costume design for Okuroshi. I wanted like the movement um, when he dances. I wanted to make sure the um, we used raffia palm. I wanted it to have that flowy. Um, nature of um, the sound suits by Nick Cave, which is interesting right. because I watched a lot of interviews by Nick Cave, but he never mentions um, African masquerades or that type of stuff. You know? Really? Of course he doesn't. Well, I mean, I, yeah, okay. I guess I'm surprised. I'm not surprised, but surprised at the same I time. was surprised, sure. you know. People love to take, people love to take other cultures and then not give it its due. Um, and yeah, so because one thing that's very cool about Nick Cave's sound suits is that they can move, and and I just it was I saw your movie and there were there were mo there were movements and um, I was I was very surprised, um, but you know I don't I don't Nick Cave Nick Cave is from Missouri and and is. And is 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 a black guy, so I don't want to say, I, I don't know what wh I feel bad saying what he said about what I said about him not n mentioning um, Africa because I don't. But I don't he know hasn't. To, to my knowledge, yeah. he hasn't. I've watched all I because I did a great deal of research for the costume design, and I I noticed even like um, I mean, not that it was anything wrong, but I also just found the audience and the spaces right. in which his work was being presented was um, very um, white, which is not a bad thing, you know. <laughs> I mean, people would, would, would say the same thing about my work because my films rarely show in Nigeria. My films show in a few festivals, but they've never been released in the cinema in Nigeria because they feel um, the work is too um, arty or whatever. So my I've never gotten a cinema release in Nigeria or... Um, so I'm kind of like an industry renegade, you know, it's people like, um, I have more fans abroad than at home, you know, even now that the film has launched, um, worldwide, um, the reviews I'm getting or the feedback I'm getting, the fan art I'm getting is mostly from people outside the country, you know, um, 
So yeah, I just found that interesting with Nick Cave as well. Um, I noticed a lot of the spaces in which his work was being presented were white spaces. And there's this video where it was on Vogue's channel, you know, and I was like, that's quite bizarre. But yeah, I, I love his work. You know, I'm not, I, I actually, I, I, I was trying to, I just wanted to capture that movement. I kept on telling the costume designer, yo, this is how this thing needs to move when he dances. It can't be static. And then what happened was the costume costume designer bailed on me. <coughs> Excuse me. The costume designer bailed on me. So I had to do it myself. You know, I ended up making the costume myself. Wow. Wow. Yeah, because it's like they're moving sculptures, right? And that's, that's really cool. In fact, let me tell you, there's a little story about the, the, the making of the costume. Because I felt um, it had to happen that she would bail on me. So literally a week or two weeks to filming and I haven't, I don't, I don't even like, I had a general idea of what I wanted the masquerade to look like, but I didn't put it together. So I went to this gallery and they had this Igbo masquerade that kind of looked like the Okoroshi, but it was brown. And I asked them, could I rent it for this film? And they gave me like a ridiculous amount of money to pay. And I was like, no. So I went to this art. I went to um, an arts and a popular arts and craft market um, to see if I could um, get resources. And I said, OK, well, it's made. Most of these costumes are made with raffia palm. Maybe if I get palm dyed purple and then weave it get an old shirt old trouser and just weave that shit around it you know and that's what i did so now when i got to the market i found somewhere i bought a couple of bags of the the palm and i said do is there someone who weaves in this market and they were like oh yeah they'll bring this guy for me and they brought this guy and the guy tells me he's from northern nigeria and northern nigeria we, we speak Hausa in northern Nigeria, and I grew up in the Middle Belt, which um, my tribe was um, has Hausa. Hausa is like one of the predominantly ethnic groups, predominant, et, predominant ethnic groups in Nigeria. So Hausa is kind of the language that was, because the, the, the Hausa um, Caliphate kind of conquered northern Nigeria. Um, it was an Islamic caliphate. So if you speak Hausa, there's a lot of Arabic influences as well. Um, so I speak Hausa fluently. Anyways, this wow. guy, yeah, this guy is Hausa. And um, I meet him and I ask him what's his name. And this guy is just full of energy. Like we just hit it off immediately. And I asked him what was his name. And he said, um, my name is Mutua. Now Mutua in Hausa means death. And when he said that, I'm like, holy fuck, your name is Death? I'm like, dude, my film is about death. It's about being, dying and being reborn, you know? And I was like, Mutua, God has brought you here, you know? And um, me and Mutua literally started building this costume together, you know? Um, and we would meet up every day, do fittings, dye it, um, kept on dyeing it until we got the right color and whatnot. And yeah, man, like... So shout out to the original person I wanted to hire um, for taking off and for the ancestors to bring death or mutua to me, you know. 
nice. My friend, my friend Benny always says, you never know what bad fortune your bad fortune has saved you. Right? Wow. <laughs> you know, right? Uh, Marcus, you were going to say something about, um, about Star Wars? <clears throat> Wild Style. Wild Style, um, sorry. Well, I mean, whatever. Star Wars, uh, well, Ram LZ is featured on the special features, but, but in, in Wild Style, which Ram LZ appears in, uh, Abba, have you ever seen Wild Style? No, I haven't. You should check it out because it's one of the not super rare, but it's one of these. It's one of the rare-ish documents of Ram LZ just looking normal. Oh, okay. Before yeah. he was in like his like. Uh, although you can see his weirdness. So one of the things at the end of Wild Style, he's walking around on stage and he's ha- and he's holding a shotgun while he's rapping. Yeah. But, uh, so that's just the kind of person that, you know that he was. But when I was going back to that scene at the market where you got where, where you got the going back to that scene at the market where you got the woman to throw money, it reminded me of Wild Style and just like reading about how they filmed it, how it was like you know it's one of those movies where yeah it's fiction but so many elements of it are nonfiction and you know because there, there's the scene where the woman there's a scene where a woman she gets lost in the Bronx and her car breaks down and there's these kids who kind of help her. But then it's like, uh, as they're helping her push the car, some of the kids are kind of like having a great time. One of them accidentally looks at the camera. One of them yeah. falls over. And I remember like that, that, that whole scene, I was like, oh, this is such like wild style. So I mean, yeah, I th- I, yeah so, that, so that's a really good movie. You should, it's like one of I'll the put early, it on my list. Sure. Yeah. I wild when, star. When, 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 wild style. Style. Okay. Style. Yeah, I think when you see it, you're gonna see there's there's a lot of quotes from it that yeah. have been sampled in hip hop. Like you're gonna, and it's a young co-stars a young Fab Five Freddy, uh, a lot of graffiti rap legends from you know early '80s Bronx. I, I think you'll like it very much. Fantastic! Yeah, I'll, it's I'll a definitely. Fun movie. It's a it's a fun movie. It's a timepiece. It it's a lot of definitely. good things. And yeah, one thing I wanted to go back to with that I thought was very cool about the Lost Okoroshi was it was the use of aspect ratio because the the square look because because even if you try to watch it on Netflix, you'll see that it's it's a it's a different aspect ratio. I really like that. Yeah, thank you. Because it, t- it yeah it takes you to a different place, which I like. I like films to do. Um, and one thing that that we always like to ask our 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 people who come on on the show i have i have three four important questions for you if you don't mind of course okay first question is uh your favorite wrestlers second question <laughs> is have you ever been a break dancer three <laughs> Three your favorite rappers and four your favorite movies. Oh, and, and I love that. Um, well, it's gonna be favorite wrestler is I kind of I was really big on wrestling when I was a kid. I stopped at like the era of WWF, you know, WWF yeah, with Hogan, Macho Man, um, Randy Savage, you know, all those guys. The Undertaker was always my favorite wrestler, simply because of. Um, mystique and um yeah that 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 motherfucker was just um he was cool man like his entry you know just that one ominous note you know i i i I, undertaker is definitely was my favorite wrestler and um i always liked the undertaker um 
because of obviously um, the mystery. He wore all black. I wear all black. I noticed. I, I noticed that. <laughs> yeah. Can I, and, ask you, uh, can I ask you a quick question too? Because this goes to spirituality and Matt. Like, in any of your research, did you ever come across like? Because now that we're talking about wrestling and in relation to Los Roshi, did you ever do any research into like Japanese wrestling masks or luchador wrestling masks? Because those are very like uh, cultural. To um, like in Japan, especially in Mexico, a lot of the wrestlers. Even when they're not wrestling, they wear their, they wear their masks just like to the grocery store or like yes, to the movies because yes. it's like because there's like a spiritual aspect. It's like kind of part of them. It's like ancestral. So dude, I, I, yeah, I, I, I man, dude, that. yeah, man. I, I I haven't done any research on that, but I definitely I connect with the idea of wearing a mask even off camera or whatever, and it's something that I know I'm eventually just today. Like I kid you not. Just this morning, I said I'm going to make a gold mask because I was watching Flash Gordon last night. And I was like, you know, the, the villain from Flash Gordon, uh, not Ming, the, like his, the side, sidekick villain. You know, I can't remember it, its name. Um, he had this amazing mask, you know. And um, let me also connect that with my second, with my, one of the questions. My favorite rapper is MF Doom, you know. Speaking oh, of masks. Speaking Hell of yeah. Masks. And I, I always call MF Doom like the Babalawo of hip hop, you know. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's literally what I call MF Doom. Um, so, no, I've not really studied um, um, Brazilian wrestling, and um, and uh, the the only thing in relation to Jap Japan and mask is maybe Kabuki theater and whatnot. But um, I yeah, I'll definitely dig into that now that you've mentioned it. Um, but I'm definitely going to be wearing um, um, a lot more masks in the future. And it's interesting now that we're in that space, COVID, everyone's in a mask, you know. So it's almost as if um, with lost Okuroshi, I, I foresaw something, you know. Um, this new world where we're all masquerades. Um, so first question, that's, that's my number one question is... Um, uh, wrestling, yeah. So Undertaker. Right. Um, second question is what was the second question? Uh, basically, in any order, your favorite rappers, your favorite wrestlers. Favorite rappers, uh, MF Doom. Oh right, yeah, yeah. You said that. J Electronica. Oh. Wow. Of course, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, okay, it does. Okay. Um, I, I, I owe my life to Jay Electronica this COVID because his, his music just lifts me up, you know, like yeah, legit. I mean, that album dropped at, uh, dropped, dropped kind of at the right time. <laughs> exactly. Somebody said, um, Jay Electronica dropping, it was written, um, while the world is ending is very, very much on brand. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I think I saw, I, I think I saw that tweet. I, I, yeah. I, so, um. Yo, like, I, I listen to that album every day, you know, like, every fucking day, and um, he's just, he's amazing, he's like a, he's a modern day prophet, you know, and there's yeah. this line from, from um, Todd Hayes, um, I'm not there from, uh, I'm not there, the Bob Dylan. Oh, yeah, Todd Hayes is one of my favorite filmmakers. Yeah, where the opening part where he says, poet, prophet. Um, outlaw, um, fake, 
star electricity you know that's that's j electronica right there he's all those things you know and he's also kind of like dylan as well you know you just can't fucking put him in a box he comes disappears and you know re reinvents himself comes back drops an album an entire album with so much spirituality and with hove on any every verse you know um so those are my two favorite rappers um, other, uh, honorable mention, I really, I actually like people, I like Jay-Z a lot, you know, like, um, forget all the, um, corporate, um, Sean Carter moves and whatnot, Jay-Z, um, I don't know, man, I, he's, he's kind of, um, taught me to, well, his philosophy just taught me how to move in a world where it's so fucking cold, man. You know, there are a lot of um, snakes out there, you know. So, um, just that street code. Um, I like Big L as well, you know. And um, you're, you're dropping heavy hitters right now. Yeah, you are. I recently really um, started appreciating Big L. Then, um, obviously, Wu-Tang, my favorite Wu-Tang member, who is not... People wouldn't consider him that lyrical but i think odb was just a fucking beast man like he was original he was an original the energy you know i named like i named my production company after odb osiris osiris i saw ah. that when i now discovered osiris was the egyptian god of death and rebirth i was like this is not a coincidence you know um that also reminds me like of j electronica's line when he was like, she says she never fell in love with a Superman, Christian, Muslim, Protestant, Lutheran. I told her that being immortal is the portal to the true nature of growth, the Christ-like Buddha man. Yeah. That's, said, what, what song was that? Was that Dimetal Trip to me? That's the Eternal Sunshine. Oh, yeah, that's the Eternal Sunshine, yeah. So this guy comes out out of nowhere rapping over the score to eternal sunshine of the sunshine. spotless mind it's ridiculous like yo <laughs> it's it's fucking it's ridiculous i mean even um even his videos man like i think there's a video of him in nepal meditating with monks or something you know yeah. like j electronic right. or just um oh no nah, he's he's um you know I, yeah. I, I say his music is so sexy, it makes me want to convert to the nation of Islam. <laughs> right. Or, so, like, it's true because you're like, when you say stuff like that, you're like, you remember, I remember when he said, uh, you know, you rhyme. It's quite amazing that you rhyme like you do and you shine like you like you're in a shrine in, shine in Peru. Shine in Peru. Yep. Yeah. Or something like that. I'm yeah, 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 yeah. But that's, exhi that's from Exhibit C. Yes. Yes. When he was like, J Electronica, J Electronica, Hanukkah. J Electronica, yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. Oh, dude. Harder than a thermometer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, dude. Like, J Electronica is on some. And then I've, he's liked a couple of my tweets. And I'm such a, yes, I'm such a fanboy. Like, I have screenshotted those tweets. And I posted them on my IG. And I'm like, yo. The prophet has blessed me today. So, like, uh, there's beautiful. no way I'm going to fucking fail in life. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's beautiful. And have, did you ever break dance? So, I, I never break dance, but um, um, I used to kind of do... Yeah, I kind of...
kind of breakdance, like more like an MJ type. Um, you know, I, I guess would would you consider Michael Jackson's type of dancing was was in itself just locking, yeah. yeah. You know, it 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 it's it, it's it's a style in itself that borrowed a lot from street dancing. You know, so I did, I did actually, yes, I did. Amazing and. What are some of your favorite movies? Ah, the list is endless. You know, um, I'll just name a couple right the top of my off the top of my head. Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind, um, Eight and a Half by Federico Fellini, The Holy Mountain by Alejandro Jodorowsky. Um, um, what else again? Um, Uncle Boom, Boomy, by I can never pronounce his name. Hell yes, a that's pong. why we call him yeah. Joe. Joe, that's yeah. Called, yeah. <laughs> a picture pong, we're aesthetical. Yeah, I had a um, a me, I had a, both my father and I had a kidney transplant, so that movie is extra. Oh uh, wow, dude, yeah, that's powerful. Extra. Yeah, yeah, and also and just the design of Uncle Boomy is kind of in the same vein as, as the Okoroshi to be absolutely so, so yeah it was it, it was in my mood board you know like I that makes oh, that's awesome that's awesome because yeah I didn't want to I didn't want to ask because I didn't want to come off rude you know because I was like I definitely we both got some boon me vibes when we saw yeah. the movie you but know it's obviously, we were... it's obviously its own movie it's not yes at all it's 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 it's, it's own thing but you you feel the lyricism of oh the yeah color palettes so, but also the energy as well. Um, so I, I, I made it clear to uh, my co-writer Africa that Okuroshi does not speak, doesn't make any noises, you know, um, maybe breathing or whatnot. I felt he would have to be silent to invoke that uncanny um, energy, you know, um, and even in the way he moved. So Uncle Boomy was definitely a huge influence. Um, what else? I'm, um, I'm a big Woody Allen fan, you know, despite what you think of him, you know. Um, I, I enjoy... Woody Allen is one of those guys that when I'm feeling down, I'll just put on a Woody Allen film and I'll enjoy it because of good dialogue. And... Um, I rewatched Malcolm. I, I watch Malcolm X every every maybe every five five years, and and the last time I watched it, you know, I don't know whether it's because of this whole twenty twenty energy, but that film is a fucking masterpiece. You know, it's up there with you call it you know Clockwork Orange or all my favorites. You know, Malcolm X is visually stunning narrative dialogue acting there's this shot where i i don't know how he did it where he has the kkk riding off against the backdrop of the moon that's such a weird shot because it's so beautiful it, it's beautiful but it's yeah. the kkk so you're like i don't know how i feel about exactly it, yeah. yeah no but it's it's so it's so powerful, you know. Yeah, no, it is. It is. Even the music that plays during that scene, it's all like oh, Yes. Like, yes. Like um Spike Lee, are people what talk about Black's Klansmen. I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" I mean, it's a good movie, but that is his magnum opus, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know. Um so people Malcolm X is definitely People think Black Klansmen is his magnum opus. 
Well, he yeah, got the Academy in, Award yeah, for it. In, 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 in recent years, a lot of people are saying like it, it's one of his best films, which I, I definitely do not think so. And you know what? I want to go and rewatch the Sweet Blood. I want to rewatch the Sweet Blood of Jesus because I, I was very. Uh, that movie is good. That movie is good. I was, I was unkind to it when it came out. I have a feeling when I watch it now, I'll have a different. Uh, I already know. You know one of those things where a film comes out and just off hype and whatnot, you, you're dismissive. But deep down, you know that there's something in there, you know. When I was, uh, when I was 18, I hated uh, Ghost Dog. Now I can't picture oh, like, dude. life without, Now I love it. Like, I love that Ghost, movie, but I used to hate it. Ghost Dog is one of my... So I don't know if I should say this, but I'm kind of... I'm doing... In the next five years or so, I'm going to do my own version of Ghost Dog in Nigeria. Oh my god! Stop it! Stop! Yes, yeah, so, yeah just say no. More. Well, actually, hmm, uh, you just, yeah, you but, just yeah. you just raised my blood pressure. That sounds incredible. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. You know, I'm doing my okay. own. Like, dude, I remember when I lived in New York City, um, and I was working at a production company called ABC ABC Film and Video, and um, my boss, his name was Sasha Baluja. I think he was from the half. He's black, but he was from the Caribbean, and he was he was wealthy. He was throwing this party um, at uh, the Lower East Side, fancy apartment, barbecue on the rooftop, and he asked us, who were interns at his company, do you want to come and like um, work at the party, and you could earn like uh, two hundred bucks or whatever? And we're like, sure. So we're at this party. And it was at the rooftop. It was kind of during um, fall. So it was a little bit cold. So I had my hoodie on with my leather jacket on top. And this dude, just this drunk dude. So I decided to work at the grill. There was this Jamaican guy who was working the grill. So we kind of just, um, because we're, he's from the island, I'm from Nigeria, you know, we just bonded, you know. So he was working the grill and I became kind of his assistant at the grill. And there was this drunk white guy who just kept on calling me, Ghost Dog. <laughs> well, you were all black, so it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah I had, like I, I was wearing a black hoodie and um, I was, um, I was, yeah, overweight. Like I looked like the character, you know. Um, yeah, I'll never forget that. Yeah, but Ghost Dog is definitely one of my favorites. It's awesome. Wow. Oh, yeah. Shoot, um, so, is there anything this year that you enjoyed? This year, um, maybe not film, but definitely TV. I enjoyed Rami a lot. Um, I don't know oh, if you guys... Oh, right. I never... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the Hulu show. I, I haven't watched it yet, but I know... Oh, I know you have it. to. It's so good. Okay. It's, it's amazing, you know, and very relevant. And film, film-wise, let's see what else. What has come out this? Have you all seen Tenant yet? No, no. no. We're, oh, okay. you know, we're, what's it like over there? We can't really go inside places right now. Oh, so here, yeah. here it's um, officially um, the lockdown. We we have a curfew. The curfew was imposed from before. There was all ev- everything was locked down. Everybody was in isolation. You couldn't go out. Then around. Um, May, they lifted the lockdown and there was a, a curfew from 6 p.m. Um, then from 6 p.m., it went to 10. 
So now it's at 12 midnight. You know, you can go out till 12 midnight. And, um, but the sin and restaurants, you can go to restaurants, but some restaurants you can't eat in. You have to just take out. But some places, look, I've, as far as I'm concerned, overall Nigerians have gotten over COVID or the COVID hysteria. A lot of people go out now without no mask, you know, like, really? no, oh, yes, wow. no one, no one really fucking cares that that much. But you go into a supermarket, you have to wear a mask. You know, if you go to general populated places, general where people are gathered, you know, even I had an exhibition last week, you had to schedule and come at a certain time. So most businesses have to adhere to COVID laws. And the cinemas literally just opened nationwide on Friday. Yes. Okay. So we are literally all waiting. Um, we haven't seen Tenant either. Yeah. But you're excited for it. I am. You know, it's, it's, um, I'm, I'm a Nolan fan, you know. Um, although I've heard shitty things, but I, I'm not one who follows reviews, you know. Sure. Smart, actually. Yeah, it's not, it's not a movie that I've... It's a movie that I want to watch, but, you know... I just don't know when I'm going to be able to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been... I don't even remember the last movie I saw in in a movie theater. I'm trying to remember. But... Oh, okay. Yeah. I think for me it was... was, uh, I I did a double feature, two in one day. I saw The Invisible Man and and Sorry We Missed You. And that was it. I saw two movies in a day and that was it. Sorry We Miss You is top five of this year, I think. Hey, man, uh, Nomadland, the new Chloe Zhao movie, the woman, you know, she directed the writer, It's might be sadder than uh, Sorry We Missed You. Same that's, subject matter, too. Just, 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 just a heads up. That's crazy. Yeah, I think... Is. You should. Yeah, well, it's, it's good, it's great, but it's just, it's very depressing. It's, it's, it's the most... I mean, I think there will be more movies like this that show the poison that is capitalism and gig economy. But this movie just, oh my God, it's so heartbreaking. And it has like one of the most, like the last scene just had me like crying. Yeah. And I realized the only movie I've seen in the theater this year was um, Birds of Prey. Well, that's a good one. That I liked it. One. That is a good I liked one. it a lot. That is a good one. Um, for what it is, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know if Nomadland is coming out this year, but... I, I don't think anything is from this festival is, but when it does, uh, I mean, it's, it, it's already getting great buzz, so... And yeah, it's I mean, already getting Oscar talk already, and then the fact that Chloe Zhao is doing a Marvel movie... Yeah, this is her like, movie before... there's a lot before, of stuff around it. This is her movie before she blows the fuck up. And yeah. I mean, the writer, which was brilliant, was like one of Barack Obama's favorite movies. Yeah. Well, which is weird. Oh, I knew that. I knew. Yeah. I, yeah. I did know that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm sorry. We, we, we just started nerding out. Yeah. No, dude, dude. Yeah. Well, I, I was the one screaming ghost dog a few minutes ago. So. Yeah. No, you don't understand. 
the our listeners right now are probably going to be like, oh, this is like their favorite guest right now because dude's talking All right, about Ghost Dog. Yeah. You're talking about Ghost Dog and Uncle Boon Me and The Undertaker and Jay Electronica. All shit we love. So please, you can talk about Ghost Dog whenever you want, man. Kindred spirits, man. Dude, like, um, um, I mean, beyond, like, I enjoy your, your side-by-side um, curation on Twitter. It's just, um, oh, it's thanks, so man. fucking on point. That. And then Thank I've you. even... It's the community you've built. I've noticed people yeah. who follow you who have started following me and I follow back. You know, of course, like of just the, the, the similarity and taste in, in, in films. You know, it's like we're all kind of from the same village. You know, I love it. You know, yeah. it's funny you say that because I've gotten in recent days, you know, I've gotten a couple of, well, recent, you know, like this past week, I've gotten a few DMs from people like, oh, The Lost Okoroshi, it's so good. And it's just like, I don't know if I should say that. It's like, well, I didn't direct it. You know, you should. The, the director's on Twitter. You, you, you can tell <laughs> yeah. directly. I know. I, I guess that goes to show how much I've been, like, talking about it. It's oh, you like, have, you know, then. People dude, associate like, me. And they also associate the show with it. Because, I mean, we did a whole episode. Yeah. It, so it's kind of like. Yo, we dude, I it, was. We're not responsible for it. So, you know. No, you know. no, dude. Like, legit. I used to get mild anxiety whenever you did, like, a post about the film because. I knew how much you guys liked it and how much you guys were repping it. And I was like, but I don't know when it's going to come out. That's yeah, the problem. I know, I know. So I was always freaking out. I'm, and especially when I keep seeing all the retweets and I'm like, damn, people really want to see this film. You know, like the retweets will roll over till the next day. And I'm like, oh, my God, this film has to come out soon. Yo, somebody. OK, who's. um. Is this okay? Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. This is your podcast now. You guys just followed me, right? Yeah. I just I just realized that we didn't follow you, and considering considering we're having you, we're gonna you know we're we're gonna we're having you on the show. We should we should follow you. Um, also, you know, I love I love Marcus's side by sides, but I'm also like a troublemaker, so I really like when people get mad about his side by sides. Yeah. I love I love people getting mad on the internet over <laughs> innocuous shit. Yeah, dude, me too. I'm a troll like that. So a thing I've been doing now is I'm also engaging a lot of people who don't like my movie. You know, yeah. there are people who will go on Twitter and be like, this is a waste of my fucking data. Yada, yada, yada. And I'll be like, well, you should have been connected with your ancestors or something, you know, like. Oh, that's nice. the perfect response. That's the perfect response. I guess your an- yeah, I guess your ancestors hate you. Said she never fell in love with a Superman, Christian, Muslim, Protestant, Lutheran. I told her that being immortal is the portal to the true nature of the growth of Christ like Buddha man. That's why I never spit the traditional garbage of a night fight, bright lights, white ice to the fans. The radio was just a stereo like a house ain't a home and the chairs that the chair acts in the van. Go to work, go to church, let your dreams die. Bow tie, final call in the bean pie. Yamaka for Hanukkah, wish list for Christmas. This is the gist of the life that we need. Why? So you can fit in with the clothes minded in the city and to get clothes lined in the it in. I could care less about a plaque in the bid in to get pumped on TV by my 
friends Don't get a nigga wrong I get tempted by the rewards That all come along with making nigga songs But what does it mean if I'm a Muslim And you a Jew And because of that alone We don't get along And when you talk like this And try to walk like this The radio stations will never put a nigga on Just Mims, just 50, just Wayne Just Jeezy, them franchise boys And Jimmy Jones Fuck that, fuck rap, this God hop Kingdom music for the hard rocks I'ma spit it, tell TRL Get it in hot 97 Hit a nigga with a bomb drop Ask Flex, ask Slay, ask who kid Just Blaze said Jig is the new kid I took eternal sunshine And I looped there No drums, no hook, just new shit Eternal sunshine of the spotless mind